I, I get the feeling that they heard rock and they were hearing about rock. This is the the 80s. It, they, people were talking about crack. They assumed that it was still the music. And that's what they made this movie. Big, because he's going like, I never realized how dependent I was on rock. Like, that makes perfect sense if we're talking about crack. <laughs> He's just taking witness statements from like the 1980s Harlem. It's like, yeah, man, they they kill their moms because of The Rock. <laughs> God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema in hopes that we get eternally tortured by one of the real pro-demons. I'm your host, Noah Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thank you, Noah. The, this better be fun, by the way. I was going to do meth with some 12-year-olds and rock out to Kenny G today. I canceled for this, so this better be good. I don't think we're going to be able to make up for that. That's going to make sense in about an hour. And yeah, a half. Right, that right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You have to joke. listen to the episode twice to totally get that. It's like that a Kirk joke. Cameron movie. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting 989 miles to my right, you've already heard him. He's my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Not great. Heath said he was going to do meth with me and some of my friends <laughs> earlier. Now canceled for the record. I guess we'll do this instead. Whatever. Trust me, on the second go, this is going to be really funny. Um, and, and before we even get to this week's movie, not that you guys already kind of haven't hinted around a little bit, how excited are you for the first ever live record of God Awful Movies? Oh, I can't mm. wait. We're going to be doing Passion of the Christ. Oh, yeah. August 12th, 7 to 9 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater. If you're not our fan on Facebook, you can go on. There's an event there, and you can check out the thing. We'll also have it in the show notes. Just announced today... We're going to have two people who do not know each other fucking live on stage during the live record. Wait, I'm sorry, fucking live on stage? Yes. At the pit, everybody yes. gets laid. Two- yes. <laughs> All right, I haven't I haven't heard about the full penetration. It's okay, portion already of this. said it. <laughs> said it out loud. <laughs> well, now we can't take it back even in the edit. Right, that is locked in. That's I- official. <laughs> And also a quick note to all our patrons at the $10 level or above. You get not only free tickets, but you also get VIP tickets to the show. We're going to have a meet and greet before the thing. If you need to get your ticket, if you're going to be in New York around about August 12th, 7 to 9 p.m., uh, you can email Eli or you can message our Facebook page, the God Awful Movies Facebook page, and we'll take care of getting your tickets and getting you set up. But enough about what we'll be breaking down. Then, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched Rock it's Your Decision, which is a Christian propaganda movie about a small town that learns about the evils of rock and roll music. So it's basically Footloose, except Kevin Bacon is really good at not dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and he uses that lack of talent to rally the entire community of young people behind him and keep dancing illegal, just like John Lithgow wanted. <laughs> it's backwards Footloose about rock music. Ear tight. Yeah, pretty much. And Eli... How bad was this movie? Well, if you've ever thought to yourself, man, I love Nazi propaganda films, but the protagonists are too likable, then you're going (laughs) to love Rockets Your Decision. This is a movie about a loser who ruins everyone's good time, and then everyone hates him, and then it's over. Like, that is the movie. (laughs) You keep waiting for the denouement where everyone's like, you know what? I realize that never happened. Nope. Nope. He 
shouts at a room full of teenagers and they're all like, fuck that guy. And then the movie is over. They have a stunt double break a record and the movie is over. Not like a Guinness record, like an LP. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. An evil devil rock music one. And I love, okay, so this movie is set, or it's not set, it was made in 1982. And this is doubly hilarious because for our patrons this week, we did a bonus edition of the 2015 classic Pixels, which was all about trying to like instill nostalgia for 1982 and really radically amazingly failed in that endeavor. This movie had me more nostalgic for 1982 in 41 seconds than that movie matters. That's the only <laughs> nice thing I'm going to say about this movie, by the way. Well, uh, I'll have some compliments for the music here and there. <laughs> so is, is there anything you guys would like to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Um, How about convincing me of its message can i go with convincing me of its message <laughs> yeah yeah getting its point across that's you know how much you should hate rock we're gonna play a bunch of really great music throughout this movie and then compare it to our shitty how great thou art music and never acknowledge it yeah yeah they, they were constantly accidentally making the point opposite the one they were hoping to make <laughs> heath any nominations uh i'm gonna say best worst establishing shots which are about <laughs> half the movie it's yes. about half the movie we'll get there yeah 53 minutes long and about 50 percent of it is establishing shot all right well this week's movie may or may not contain vital soul-saving information so i don't want to keep you in suspense for too long but we're going to pause for a quick break anyway and when we come back we'll break down all the mixed messages that are rock it's your decision we got a five-star review on iTunes recently, and while we appreciate all our five-star reviews, this fan added a few choice words for yours truly in his assessment of the show. His review, titled, Eli is a Genius Comedian, so, so far so good, reads, This is my favorite podcast currently. It's not for everyone, though, because you have to patiently wait for Noah to stop talking. He is that guy you know who likes to say otolaryngologist just to show off he can. He just did it again. Just just now. So <laughs> thanks, I guess, for all the stars and shit. For that, I won't point out that if a person was trying to show off their fancy pronunciation skills, they'd probably go with otorhinolaryngologist <laughs> rather than otolaryngologist. But we do want to address the point that the listener made, and I want to do so without offending him or her with my vocabulary. Right. So if you don't like it when we use really big words, please remove your left headphone now. And if you don't like it when we substitute little words when big words are available, please remove your right headphone now. And if you think the size of our words doesn't matter, feel free to leave in both headphones and get double the entertainment. I should start by conceding that this commenter isn't the first to point to my appetency for use of logophilic prolix, fancy words, as substantiation evidence that I'm euphuistic, an asshole. And as a professional rock-on-tour word-sayer, I take any opprobrium shit about my ability to efficaciously communicate real good seriously. That being said, this vituperation bullshit wasn't directed at my perspicuity, ability to be easily understood without using way more words than are necessary, but rather at my rectitude, baby mama. Right. 
But when the cinematic oeuvre, moving picture, that we're expostulating on, mean words saying about, requires that we mention an otorhinolaryngologist, a headhold doctor, and Noah happens to have an apropos appellation in mind, a good word in his brain mouth, why would you pass up on a hippopotomonstrosesquipedalian, big, word like otorhinolaryngology, that fancy word with the rhino in it? Especially when so doing, doing so, doesn't derogate, minus from, any of the aforementioned lucidity, stuff we said before about the ability to be easily understood without using way more words than are necessary and therefore making sentences go on way longer than they really need to if we were willing to occasionally look up words that you hear from people what read good and stuff. Now the nuclear, nuclear option would be to incapacify, stop him every time he utilated, used a word with more than four, two syllables. But anything we did to reconfastibate, change, Noah's natural speech would intercrashably, totally, sacramentize, get rid of, a lot of the contunctutuntpent chemistry that makes the show work. Of course, I try to counterpoise, balance my proclivity for love of grandiloquence, talking like an asshole, with a commodious application lot of scatological vernacular, poop jokes. But I'll admit that sometimes I let my verbosity vocabulary get the best of me. Moreover, also, Noah's raison d'être whole thing on this show is less jocularity, funnyin, and more elucidative, explainy. After all, somebody has to recapitulate, say words about, the plot points of these movies. And those things generally aren't risible. Laugh you making. So if there's any lingering dernchk anger over the vocabularizing words in this garfrgarg dark and dark show that have undercated, lessened your infination enjoyment, we sincerely apogelicate are sorry. And finally, on a personal note to the reviewer, go inseminate fuck yourself, you supercilious, douche-gargling, sinus jackass. All right, feel free to put your right-left headphone back in now. I did correct words both times. <laughs> 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 and we're back for the breakdown and we're going to open up this anti-rock music movie at a rock concert that looks very awesome and sounds really good <laughs> yeah, yeah bad job movie this music is a good reason to decide on rock and roll yeah <laughs> good thing it's our decision it's just so weird that they use so much good rock and roll in this movie to get you to it's like it's like somebody who wants to talk to you about not using drugs, but he wants to do it high. <laughs> He's like, Here, man, you want to know how, how bad pot is? Take a hit of this. <laughs> yeah, it's Pineapple Express, man. You ever feel that way? No, it feels great, right? No side effects. Literally, seriously, if you vape it, you're fine. You're fucking fine. <laughs> Every day of your life doesn't fucking matter. The Beatles. You want to be like the Beatles? There you go. Anyway, so don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> It was, uh, it was fun to meet the antagonist right away, which is CFNG in 440. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, this movie is an anti-rock movie, but someone very clearly had good taste in music. Yes. That made it. Because they didn't just pick, like, the popular hits of songs at the time. They picked some underground stuff. They picked some good stuff, some deep cuts. So it's like, there's obviously a music fan here, and they were like, you know, Brian, you used to be super into rock, right? Would you be willing to listen to some music? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes, I will. Sure. I need 28 hours with all my old albums and not to see my fat wife. <laughs> That you assigned me. 
Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> Got the broken Stepford wife. Man, he's really working hard on this movie. Uh, and <laughs> so then we fade from this rock concert over to a suburban house, and we can hear the music playing inside the house, and we can hear a, a, a mother yelling and screaming at Jeff to turn that junk down. <laughs> yeah, because which life do you want? That rock concert that had people swaying together in joy and bliss with beautiful music cascading over them? Or a mother who's going to scream up the stairs at you about the sounds she can hear that she doesn't like? <laughs> Checkmate, not rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like a mother and son are having a fight like into a microphone somewhere in this house that we're looking at from the outside. Well, right, right. Like, I, my note to the movie here was, we, the audience, are already outside. <laughs> you, the movie, know this because your cameras are shooting from outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he yells at his mom, must be the rock and roll making him do that. And then he jumps in his car and puts a cassette tape into his into his car stereo. And all of a sudden, I'm way more nostalgic for the 80s than I ever was during Pixels. Uh, <laughs> and, and my music note here is like, Fuck, I really thought I would have a lot of bad music notes in this movie, but it's not looking that nope. way. Yeah, that's some good music. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It, it was called Can't Walk on the Water, by the way. It was the name of the, oh, the, really? the track he puts in. Very oh. subtle. <laughs> Question, uh, did all cars sound like someone was raping a duck when you started them in the 80s? Because he oh, turns yes. on his car and it's like, and it's like, no, quacky. <laughs> Shouldn't have worn that not anything because you're a duck. <laughs> obviously asking for it. It was a very accurate duck rape sound, I gotta tell you. Thank you. Lots of practice. You gotta hear I it. I wanna a lot. point out that female ducks bodies actually do have a system that shuts that whole thing down if they get raped. I just that's probably where Todd Aiken No, that actually is true. I think that's where Todd Aiken got it as he was that, fucking ducks what? and He's like, you know what? I never seem to impregnate these ones that are unwilling. So I need to make this articulated somehow. <laughs> Question: If if Todd Aiken, if there was a half duck, half Todd Aiken, how would we know? <laughs> like, how you tell that's not half person, In half which duck? Which bathroom should he be allowed think, to use? Well, you just- <laughs> I think that's an important question we should be asking. That's so much better than my breadcrumbs joke. All right, so we'll, <laughs> so we'll move right on. So he drives away. Mom runs after me. Almost gets in a wreck because of all that rock and roll. And Jeff looks like he made it to the last callback for Happy Days. <laughs> Doesn't he though? Yeah, I have him as Taxidermy Emilio Estevez. <laughs> it looks Ballpark. just like him, right? I mean, Stuffed yeah, Emilio except Estevez. all dead and full of stuff. Yeah, yeah, just like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we go back inside. Mom is making some tea here. And uh, while she's doing that, she gets a call from every movie's commercial airline pilot. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently this is dad. He won't be able to make it home on the early flight because business, business, business. Right. So mom looks like someone surprised Sally Fields forever. (laughs) (laughs) Ever ever Sally Fields bobblehead. That's that's (laughs) It's about her right. head and haircut, they look like they add up to a lot of weight. It's like Darth Vader's helmet just bobbing <laughs> around. Looks very tiring for her neck. Again, making me nostalgic for the 80s. So mom's talking to dad over the phone. She's like, oh, well, you know, I had another fight about Jeff's music with him again. And he left screaming and yelling to go to church. Church. 
the kid was going to church. And at first I thought we were going to see him like drinking beers at a party and like, oh, mom thought he was at church. But no, nope. he actually was going to church in a huff. Yep, he does just go to church in a huff. And throughout this scene, she's just constantly reminding her husband, like, I'm a bad mom. I just cannot talk to my son. Should we go to that guy who's probably raping him and see if he can talk him out of music? And he's like, (laughs) I don't care. I'm going to finish slathering this Filipino boy in coconut oil as soon as I get off the phone with you. Just as soon as I get off the phone with you. My hands are drenched. Business, business. So, but, but yeah, but that's the thing though. And this comes up so often in this movie is like the mom's like, yeah, I screamed and yelled at Jeff about an arbitrary thing that doesn't matter and he seems upset by it. What should I do? And no one ever says maybe not yell at him about this arbitrary shit. That never comes up. Ever. At any point. Also, question, why did she glue her cell phone to the wall? (laughs) I don't. Was that, did she lose it a lot? And that's why she. (laughs) We like to do that back in the 80s. We glued our cell phones to the wall. We also put our, cool, I like it. Put our iPods in these giant boxes full of uh, uh, knobs. You'll see one later. Oh, that comes up later. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) So, and by the way, okay, so the mom says, perhaps I should call youth pastor Owens and get him to talk to uh, Jeff about it. It that's not enough, right? Implying that she's going to call him is not enough. We would have left that scene going, well, did she call him or what? So apparently we have to linger on this scene long enough for her to hang up the phone and then call Pastor Owens, who looks like Matthew Broderick's gay uncle, to talk to him about all that evil rock and roll music. Yeah, he looks like Jason born with too many chromosomes. That's our second character in different movies that should have been called Jason Bourne again. Nice. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Pa- Pastor Owens looks like someone's first attempt at painting Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he kind of looked like Mike Birbiglia, but he got cloned using stem cells from Porky Pig. There was, t- of- there was definitely a poor sign yeah, thing little, going on. Little in Mike Birbiglia yeah. going on for sure. <laughs> looks like angry birds often catapult themselves in his house. He has a lot of problems with that. Stop it, kids. For the last time, it's just an iPhone game. <laughs> um, so now we're, we're going to go over to a church and we're going to get one of these, um, one of these long establishing shots that Heath has, has, has already alluded to while we get a, a creepy sermon from the Charles Atlas before picture. <laughs> And this scene, okay, so they pan out. It's kind of like the the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene at the end, but instead of boxes, it's ugly people uh, as they pan <laughs> over this fucking church. I wrote in my notes, I'm like, if we slowed this thing down, we could make an 11-hour episode just by asking Eli to describe this entire crowd. <laughs> and I could. Oh, it's like, yo, oh, the next pew couldn't possibly be uglier than this one. Mm, yeah. yeah, we could do the whole episode on this room's physical appearance, and then at the end be like, he likes rock and roll, then he doesn't, he breaks a record gross <laughs> <laughs> we should have gone with that in the notes yeah <laughs> but yeah draco malfoy is preaching yeah right yeah that's the jr mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and i'm just writing imagine how much collective pubic hair is in this room you know just <laughs> oh. think about that for a second but everybody's got a little tribble under their dress <laughs> terrible yeah okay so yeah uh, so the, the the and then we we pan back to the to the back of the church where this Marty, who looks like the love child of Gary Shandling and Rhea Perlman, is bitching about all the church at this church and how it's stupid. Yeah, he looks like gay Schubert. <laughs> 
It looks like Vincent D'Onofrio got abducted by the Brady Bunch as a kid. <laughs> Raised it looks in like house. Jason Siegel fucked John Belushi. <laughs> All right, that That's nailed it. Extremely <laughs> accurate. Holy yeah. shit. Even down mm. to the penis, as we'll find out later. <laughs> so Yes. And, and Yes, we will. <laughs> we'll get to Marty's penis. Oh, believe me, we're going to talk about Marty's penis. Yeah. I feel but, like um, we're not the first people that have said that. I feel like multiple people have said that. See, yeah. that, that needs to be the teaser now just because people are like, oh, really? Okay, awesome. Um, so, and, and, and also I should note, by the way, that he's bitching at the only attractive person in the room. Well, attract, yeah. I mean, well, kind of a stripper named Tara Fawcett. Yeah, like, well, that, something like that. that level of attractive. <laughs> That's what her name would be. She was a stripper. She was so, a stripper. And we <laughs> I'm not. I wasn't ready. <laughs> Go. Point the out the not um, really terrifying. <laughs> it's so real. <laughs> it's so real. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> DJ announcing <laughs> fucking Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> Coming to the stage at two in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Tara Fawcett. Tara Fawcett? Oh no, they said Tara Fawcett. Make okay. it rain for Tara. No, okay. <laughs> Get your ones out. <laughs> oh. All right, so and now I also think we should point out, although it's going to be a huge letdown after the Tara Fawcett joke, clearly. Uh, exactly what it is that Mar- Marty is bitching about. Now, keep in mind, this is the guy who will be proven wrong in this movie. He's saying, <laughs> I wish they would preach about something other than how bad our music is every single week. That's the yeah. guy who will be wrong. Yeah. And we also learned they're only here for the food. Yeah, right. Tara's <laughs> yeah. only there for the awesome after party. Yeah. Right. Also, okay, so, and then Jeff, the, the, the taxidermied Emilio Estevez that we met earlier, um, is right next to these people having a, a voiceover with, with God. Yeah, he's super conflicted. Should I love rock music or should I be an asshole? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's the, guide me, Jesus. That's the stakes <laughs> of this film right there. I also love during his little internal monologue here, he's going like, yeah, I'm very sorry I yelled at mom, Jesus. I don't know why I feel like this. And we're like, yep, it's it's the rock and roll, isn't it? That's yeah. that's what it's going to be. <laughs> so, I so expected this monologue to be like, and Marty gives me tingles in my downstairs. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Just a flash cut to Jesus being like, no, 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 Jeff. <laughs> So then we get, we cut to the uh, killer after party uh, with the youth group. And I just, okay, so I want to just point this out. This scene starts with all of the people gathered around together drinking punch. And they address, the first person they address is Brother Jim. <laughs> I, this was made after the Jonestown Massacre, guys. This is not a coincidence here. This is, that was 78. This was 82. They already knew what drinking the punch and talking to Brother Jim meant. I'm just saying that Time article never mentioned the potato salad. I would have been much gentler on the whole Jonestown thing if I knew there was potato salad and poisoned Kool-Aid. Right. Is that paprika? No, arsenic. Oh, oh, awesome. Nice. Good touch. So, good touch. Tarragon. 
Do the kids first. <laughs> hard lessons. Hard lessons. And I'll tell you all about it at Reason Rally. Don't worry. Figure it out. We're supposed to all kill ourselves at Reason Rally, right? <laughs> Um, I've been spending very badly the past week, so I need someone to tell me right now if we weren't supposed to kill ourselves. Well, but I don't want to say no in case Ray Comfort is listening. That's so, true. So yeah, we we just gonna touch his face. <laughs> stronger than him. Stronger than him. That's just what it's gonna come down to. <laughs> Who wants it more? Bunch of people here in this episode now are gonna be hearing it for the first time because they read about me on Pathos. <laughs> Guy who touched Ray Comfort in a hot knot spot. (laughs) Man licks Ray Comfort's eyeball. (laughs) Get off me! Get him off me! Get him off! Oh, give me the strength of a crocodile! Give me the strength of a crocodile! I just want to point out that God Awful Movies does not uh, endorse or condone the licking of Ray Comfort's eyeball against his will. Um, or if he asks, to be perfectly honest with you, we don't... uh, Neither way... Oh, shit. All right. So anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah. So Jeff was uh, at the cool after party and he wants to tell Jimmy Olsen how awesome the uh, the the sermon was. But one of his friends wants him to hear some rock and roll music. So he he, he runs off to do that instead. Uh, but that's OK, because we're about to get some intro to some mom, son incest porn. This movie <laughs> made me lube up for no reason. So many. I, was, I did it for times. a reason. <laughs> so many times. This. We're, we're coming up on uh, number one. From, anyway, I'll, I'll let you know as we go. This was one. I, I had four. Um, so, so yeah. So and, and, Okay, so mom, we introduced the scene. Mom's like, so how was youth group? He's like, nah, it's okay. Two kids got saved. That's his actual line. And I'm thinking to myself, what a ridiculous admission of how full of shit they know they are. Right. right. Two kids got to, two kids were going to burn in hell for a million eternities and they no longer will. <laughs> eh, meh. I was two for four with an RBI. No big deal. <laughs> two kids are going to hell, but still, yeah. you know, pretty good. Hall of Fame numbers. Don't be technical. <laughs> so yeah, and and then and uh, he apologizes for being mean to his mom on the way out of the door. Mom forgives him. That should be the end of that, shouldn't it? Yeah, I wrote in my notes. Yeah, show mommy how sorry you are. <laughs> I know how this goes. He starts to jerk off. She comes in. No, let mommy do that for okay. you. I get it. <laughs> Deep web. <laughs> But no, but it doesn't happen. So I just wrote bullshit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like, well, fuck. I might as well rub that on my elbows. They actually chafe, fuckers. <laughs> and then, and I have a question here. He appears to take the front of a Ford Focus, <laughs> put a small square save icon into it, <laughs> press somewhere between forty and seventy-five button. Is that a computer? <laughs> Is is what he operates to make music a computer? Is it an abacus? <laughs> it is. It is a musical abacus. You're correct. <laughs> right. Seriously, he does everything except pour gasoline in it. <laughs> fucking crank the front. Led Zeppelin. I love it. My fucking note here is that's a sweet fucking stereo. <laughs> It's like it's this, the next room over has most of it containing the tubes. Yeah, right. All the vacuum tubes are over there. <laughs> what do you want to listen to? Let me throw in some sweet tunes on these punch cards. 
Coke. I would so kill to have that stereo system right now. I miss that. I miss that. Everybody who was flat broke had a fucking $2,000 stereo in their house. You can go to Best Buy and steal one of those, what can do that amount of sound, and they don't even care. No, I you know. Can walk, you can grab a box, and they'll just be like, don't, and don't. Come on, man. Don't. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, he fires up his gramophone and he, he lays down and he listens to th- this time. The song was, I think the devil is sneaking into your life. Oh, really? Like yeah. sneaks into your life. The devil. These are real rock lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Again, very subtle. So now we, we cut to tomorrow. He falls asleep to his rock music because you know how conducive rock music is to sleeping. And then we cut to the 24-second establishing shot of a church that slowly and clumsily zooms in on the steeple. Sometimes you can't see it anymore for just a second when the fucking cameraman sneezes. But yes, we are <laughs> we're not just at a church. We are very at a church. Yeah, right. <laughs> My note to the movie here was when you guys make the sequel – the scene should be noticeably longer than the establishing shot. <laughs> it's kind of the standard these days. I mean, same in 1982, but also now, right, yeah, if you make exactly. another. And and mom's having her meeting with the pastor, yeah. which is basically her being like, I'm a bad mom. Should I abort my 19-year-old? <laughs> yeah. I mean, wait, do you watch soap operas? What's that have to do with it? I don't know. Is the scene over? Sure is. Click. Well, okay, so this is such a bizarre moment. Okay, so so this is where we meet fucking polonium-poisoned uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman here. <laughs> And, it, you know, we already met him through the phone call, but we get a, we get a little more time with him here. It's nice to see, though, what the mascot for the Piggly Wiggly did before he got to really <laughs> school to find out what he was doing before, right? It's like, oh, look. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was a terrible youth pastor, so they decided he needed more work. Um, so, yeah, so – and at first, it almost seems like this scene is going to become sane, right? Because mom comes in. She's like, yeah, I scream and yell at my son all the time for his music. And he's like, do you know anything about his music? And she's like, all I know is that it's loud. Like, well, that's not an intrinsic quality of music. That's a knob on the stereo. <laughs> um, yeah, and the and the guy's going like, well, you know, you don't understand his music. You don't know anything about it, and you're yelling about it at him. Does that make sense to you? And she's like, well, maybe not. And he's like, do you watch soap operas? She's like, yeah. And I thought he was going to say, well, you know, that's just harmless and that's your taste. Um, it just like the music is harmless and it's his taste. But no, the point he's making with the soap operas is, see, you're also of the devil. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so close to making a real point. It's like, yeah, everyone has their own taste. My taste, personally, is for human flesh. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, heart rate turning to crazy. Also, you could replace the word heroin with rock and roll in this scene, and it would still be the exact same lines. Oh, yeah. Just like, oh, every night, heroin, heroin up in his room, and I don't know what to do. Well, heroin is very addictive and influential. Like, just go through. If you watch this movie with us, it's on YouTube, and just shout the word heroin whenever anyone one says rock and roll the movie kind of makes sense well <laughs> i actually have a very similar theory um i'm thinking the game would be whenever they say rock music switch it out for masturbation and i'm quite certain the writer intended it this way and, yeah. and by the way pretty much all the rest of my notes are lines from this movie that confirm that theory i'm quite certain that that's what happened he was just like oh we'll make it it could be for masturbation or gay people or rock music whatever it's just interchangeable yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. Fun exactly fact, when i was a teenager in the 1980s my mom complained about 
how loud my masturbation was. <laughs> she was like, it, seriously. Yeah. Your son's probably been listening to masturbation music for longer than you even realize. <laughs> Every night up in that room, he's just masturbating. I can't How sleep. can you be choking yourself and screaming at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> the Eli Bob. Also, and, and again, so just to confirm that heroin or masturbation was clearly the intent here. One of the guy's lines is, I shit you not, rock music is one of the most difficult things a Christian child must deal with. Are we are we quite sure about that? Did we fact check that? <laughs> I want to see that like a support group. Like, yeah, man, I hit rock bottom. I was listening to Kiss, and then I just went on to the Beatles. I woke up in the morning, and I'd gone all the way through the Stones collected albums. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. <laughs> I'm here to get help. I also love he's like trying to encourage the mom to learn more about Christian mu- or about rock music. I just wanted to flash cut to her in a mosh pit or something, knocking down some <laughs> tattooed motherfuckers. And then, of course, she leaves with this brilliant line. She says, oh, you know, I came here about Jeff, but I feel like I learned the most. Like You're the only one there. Jeff isn't <laughs> there. That makes no fucking sense. Anyway, um, so now we, we cut to we get an establishing shot of the same church that we were already in because that's where the next scene happens too. Kind of kind of defeats the purpose of an establishing shot, really. Yeah. During the establishing shot, I, I started and finished my second masturbation. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So you got some stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> so now uh, Pastor Owens is having the talk with Jeff. And of course, that's the the rock and roll talk that I'm talking and about. I immediately, the moment he started to talk to Jeff, I started to assume he was going to try to fuck him. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> run, Jeff, run. Yeah, the, the, in all of the scenes between the two of these guys, and there's quite a few of them, have that undercurrent. And of course, my first note is, uh, yeah, Jeff, multicolored vertical stripes. Roll with that. <laughs> Human test pattern. It's a good look for you. <laughs> also, can we just point out that the before he starts this conversation with Jeff, he's like, now look, I'm not going to lecture you. I'm not going to throw a Bible in your nose and then proceeds for what I assume was 87 minutes to lecture him and shove Bible <laughs> verses at him. Yes, exactly. That's all he does is quote the Bible and lecture him. And he does it off of a cue card. So obviously <laughs> off of a cue card. And I also want to point out that every single Bible verse he references in this scene involves a man entering another man. <laughs> Watch this. It's, it's only 53 minutes. You can get through this one. It's not that hard. And just wait for this scene and notice that. I believe three different verses he throws up, and it's about God entering someone or someone entering Jesus. Or Yeah. yeah. Saying boy's soul. And Jeff does soul. not get the hint. <laughs> Keeps knocking his pencil off his desk. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> I dropped my pencil again. Let me bend over and get it. <laughs> Jeff, I'm getting my pencil, Jeff. <laughs> Fuck, fine. Here, let's talk more about the music you should oh, listen to. Oh, my pants got caught in that chair and ripped. No, no, nothing. Okay. <laughs> nothing. <sighs> also, his first argument seems to be like Paul also fought with his mom about lute music or whatever. The Apostle <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Apostle yes. Paul was like, would not, could not on a train, would not, could not in the rain. <laughs> he quotes to him from the book of Hop on Pop. What the fuck was that? Also, camera note for this particular scene. Can we get so close to their faces that we can see their thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly they'd been playing Space Invaders of late. Um, so, yeah, and... <laughs> 
This, it's, it's just so ridiculous. Like one of the things that he says during this thing is like salvation isn't a promise of a problem free life. In fact, it doesn't do any measurable thing at all. That being said, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. He also has that moment where he's like, now we should live our lives according to the scripture, which is hard because the scripture is full of shit. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, like are you going to go find some fucking Amalekites and start smashing heads? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what it means. I know, because I uh, didn't go to school. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I went to magic school. <laughs> well, and that's what he's, he's like, you know, yeah, it's it's difficult to live your life by scripture because it's not always specific. And then when it is, it's pretty much telling you to murder people or something like that. But don't worry, because I'm going to show you how we can retroactively apply some unrelated verse to anything. For example, here's what the fucking Bible says about cigarette smoking. Right. He says, <laughs> it never directly says we shouldn't smoke cigarettes because then everyone would be Christian. But it does say to take care of your body. Please don't ever go to a Trump rally. Don't. That's going to conflict for you. There's a lot of rascals. The rascal parking and the car parking are pretty much equal. Don't worry about it. God, I want to. I, I got some ministers to quote that particular passage to. Yeah, don't. Why don't we both do a sit up and then we'll talk about the Bible? Never mind, I'm Hindu now. Oh, I put the semen in the latte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be a Christian. That's less temple and more rotunda there. But yeah, uh, he just wants to build a super church. That's what oh, it is. I they love their mega church. <laughs> right. <laughs> the newsboys could play in some of the people I've seen. <laughs> The newsboys have played in some of the people that you're talking about. But, uh, yeah, so, and, and this is where he issues the challenge that this whole movie will be about. The challenge is can Jeff go two weeks without crack rock heroin? No. Masturbating. Rock and roll fucking music. He's got to go two weeks without listening to any rock and roll music. And he's like, oh, gee, shit, I don't know if I can handle that, Pastor Owens. Also, I didn't point this out, but Jeff's V-neck in this scene is so low, he wouldn't be allowed to go to a Catholic schoolgirl prom. <laughs> it is a deep V. So, yeah, it is a... You wear you wear Jeff's shirt to a Tinder date. <laughs> you do not wear it to a meeting with your youth pastor. I feel like there was a lot of mixed signals, but both of these men wanted to fuck each other desperately. <laughs> Using the V as a ball rest, basically. It's pretty low. It's pretty low. <laughs> Think, uh, think, uh, Borat. No, in, was in that a, was that a big thing in 1982? Oh yeah, we were all super wearing super deep V neck <laughs> polo shirt stripe. We all wearing the vertical stripes back then. Oh my god! I think that was the Astros uniform in '82, actually. <laughs> so, so, and then okay. So, in addition to the um to the the the, the two weeks without any rock and roll music, he also wants uh, Jeff to decide. Whether or not Christian music or rock music is something that he wants in his life, and he wants him to do it by justifying it scripturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what he explains. He's like, you know, opinions change, but God's word never changes unless you count the, the errors that like were copied into the Bible or, or any other scripture. Right. I wrote, God's word never changes, man who shaves his face and knows bats aren't birds. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> He also gives him some Christian rock to like hold him over and you can see everyone be uncomfortable. It's like, hey, yeah, check this out. Is this your band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. We're at the Y this weekend. You should come check us out. So six drink minimum for me <laughs> right, before <yeah>. the show. <laughs> <laughs> to keep going through the set. Um, and I, I love this line too because like, I want you to justify rock music with scripture, but nothing vague or contradictory. 
What? <laughs> it's like saying, I want a Tim Burton movie, but not one of the weird ones. Okay? Yeah, don't creep me out with black and white outfits. Yeah. <laughs> and no Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> Becoming less and less of a problem these days. Go spend a weekend with Eli Bosnick, but don't get touched where you're the most tickled. <laughs> <laughs> Tom knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this is where we get the first of many title drops in the film. He's like, well, what if I decide to go back to my rock music? And Pastor Owen goes, it's your decision. Boom. <laughs> oh, and a bunch of Christians in 1983 stood up and were like, it's the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get him he's he's made this agreement with pastor owens he's driving home well and, first first pastor oh. owens gives him some books too all oh, right yes he's, oh god some recently published books with the uh christian perspective on masturbation <laughs> details on all the different masturbation groups what kind of stuff they sing about yeah yeah but, yeah he gets yes he gets his his fucking lee strobel books and and then oh and then of course they pray for him too but then he's driving away and like apparently this kid is just like yeah he's got the masturbation's hard or something cuz he's not even going to make it all the way home without having like a jonesing like should I listen to a rock stationer <laughs> uh kind of a moment but also like you know he he decides to listen to a shitty radio station so and I couldn't Go begin Jeff. to tell you what music he chooses to listen to, because it's just like, it's like, not rock music. <laughs> it was kind of like classical, but it was also kind of like just, you know, like tuning. Right. <laughs> it was like, and now the Philadelphia Philharmonic will warm up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Two oboists getting into a fight while trying to compete for a solo. <laughs> It's 846, bitch. Get right. <laughs> Bring it down six clicks. So now we get, now we get, um, Tara Fawcett once more. She's showing up at Jeff's house. Apparently she's Jeff's girlfriend. Um, which they did a terrible job of establishing when she was like talking to the other guy and ignoring him earlier. And if anyone's wondering what I sleep in every night, it's her outfit in this scene. She has a <laughs> jean jacket uh -huh. with a deer on it. <laughs> Over a white button-down shirt. Yeah. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. No, no yeah. one had a good picture from the early 80s, and there's a reason for that. At what point in the 80s was did everyone just go crazy? Because there was like, I get 60s fashion, I get 70s fashion, and then the 80s, you all were just like, you know what? Fuck it. Everything we didn't use in the last two decades, we're using now. Okay, I'm Who's sorry. Who's got some coke? You can talk a lot of shit about the 80s, but don't you dare say that 80s fashion was weird compared to 70s fashion. At least our pants were like leg-shaped. At that point, <laughs> I understand it. I don't understand the impetus for that deer print <laughs> jean jacket. I thought it looked pretty sweet. I'm just saying, I thought it looked pretty sweet. So Flash cut to Noah slowly putting something <laughs> into the back of his closet, takes it out of a folder labeled Reason Rally Clothing. <laughs> fucking asshole. I was going to be the deer atheist. Fine. No one fucking just get this t shirt. Fucking kids these days don't understand shit. <laughs> well, I've still got the same hairdo I had in '82 as well. So, uh, so yeah, and and so then we cut over to Jeff, who's like reading one of the books, and he's doing that, like holding the book like at a 90 degree angle, like product <laughs> placement kind of a reader there. And yeah, I'm sorry, this has to be mentioned. The book he's reading about oh, rock and roll, uh, yes, is called Big Beat. 
Big, this movie is about masturbation. Right, they, just, they ADR'd over jerking off over and over yeah. again or something. Because people kept jerking off to the movie. The, the original beginning of that was just him in his bedroom with a sock on his cock. I can hear you, Jeffrey. <laughs> They're like, no, put a rock concert in there or something. They said we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and her way to get Jeff's attention, so Tara Fawcett walks into the room, and her way to get attention is to move her mood ring or her birthstone ring from one hand to the other and go, Jeff, look at my engagement ring. And he's like, it's not an engagement ring. And she's like, we're having fun. <laughs> this is how Christians interact when we don't fuck. And this is the second time this movie made me grease up for nothing. I mean, in this scene, she spills popcorn all over his dick and it's still not turning into crazy bush porn. I'm two for two at this point. Thank you. I'm two for two. Sorry. Go ahead. He, she also says, men wouldn't know pretty if it slapped them in the face. Well, and I, I would just like to say it, we would, cause it has. Yeah. <laughs> when I started greasing up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then he forgives her for spilling the popcorn on him and then brags about how awesome he is because of it. Uh, mm. and then we get the real conflict here. She says, did you get tickets to the rock and roll concert? Cause you know how you, <laughs> that's, you, that's what you reference the concert you're going to by the genre of the music <laughs> that we'll be playing there. Are we going to that pop R&B late sixties, early seventies <laughs> concert later? <laughs> so this is where she first learns that he changed his mind about the devil music and is going to go two weeks without any. Yeah. And it's like he's coming out as gay. He's like, no, I. I don't rock anymore, Father. <laughs> I don't rock anymore. I just can't find that funky rhythm. <laughs> also, by the way, I should I, we, we can't not point out that he's dressed like Woody from Toy Story in this scene. Um, and not only is he, but like multiple people will be dressed like Woody from Toy Story as this movie goes on. Right. There's also, she goes, well, actually, remember the rock concert was going to be my birthday present because I'm your girlfriend and that was my birthday gift. And he's like, yeah, but I made an invisible agreement with Jesus. So <laughs> do you want to go out to eat instead? And she's like, with you? <laughs> 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 That's weird that you would make that choice <laughs> and think that those two were similar. I wrote my notes, be a bad boyfriend. This movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's also this great moment where she gets mad and he turns around really fast and I wrote, hit her! It's biblical! <laughs> <laughs> she is getting uppity. And and so, okay, this comes up, back up several times within this movie, but like in the real world, if for whatever reason you agreed to not listen to rock and roll music for two weeks, no one would even notice, right? Like nothing would change in your fucking life. You would just be listening to less good music or maybe you would like get into listen bluegrass or something. Right, minutes. yeah, exactly, exactly. In real life, this would in no way affect you but in this movie about how you should do this they set up these ridiculous scenarios where like your girlfriend will break up with you none of your friends will want to hang out with you jesus will never let you touch yourself you'll never get laid whatever and 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 and, like like in their effort to make this seem like a good thing you should do yeah the the exaggeration is going in the wrong direction, guys. Yeah, it's it's like one of those scenes where carrot cartoon characters are starving and everyone starts to look like a chicken leg. <laughs> That's basically how this movie treats rock and roll. It's like, oh, Zinzi, you sure do look like a spinning kiss record right now. Whoa! I'm just gonna put this needle on you real quick, and just a second. Who could it hurt? Just as we're all thinking, but where's all the fantastic Christian movie sportsing? Uh, we get to some white people playing basketball. 
Yeah, remember when white people were allowed to sports? Now we know why we're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> actually the best basketball we've ever seen in a Christian I, I got, movie. I got to admit, my, my note here is, holy shit, this actor's done a layup before. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's still the whitest layup you could it possibly is. imagine, but still amazing. <laughs> Makes it, it looks Privilege. like a first pitch. <laughs> oh, shit. And this is where we learn all about Marty's penis. Now... I'm sure that there was no note in the in the in the script that says make sure Marty's wearing sweatpants and no underwear and that his sweatpants and, camel and he's partially toe erect. is <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly is hyper visible. But I mean, I'm, my notes here are: Are we sure Marty's Christian? Because he looks Jewish from, from that from that outline. I, the casting notice was very obviously Marty, fr- best friend, frizzy hair. Grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> so they talk about something, and it was really hard for me to pay attention to that because I was busy staring at his deformed penis. I'd show if I the- had that. <laughs> nice. But what ultimately pulled me away from Marty's penis was the sudden realization that for no fucking reason, the two actors in this movie just started, decided to start talking like white people doing Sam Jackson lines. Yeah, I wrote, why are they talking like the Disney girls? Like, yo, man, what? you going to this rock concert? No, man, I'm not. <laughs> I guess maybe because they had a basketball, it affects your vernacular or yes. something. Oh, my God. Wait, hand me a soccer ball. Yeah, I have a Spanish accent now. It's just, <laughs> what sport you're holding? Here, throw me a baseball. Yeah, I want to hit my wife. <laughs> this is weird. want to punch her right in her mouth. I'd hate to see what you do with the football in your hand. Holy shit. Um, so I need an elevator. <laughs> so he convinces Marty to go home with him and read about the evils of rock and roll. Yeah. You want to do some research about how masturbation is evil at my house right now? Let's go. And they do. Also, wait, I want to point out that this is the first time they drop the F word in this movie. Oh. And no, not fuck, but... Fanatic. fanatic they use the word fanatic <laughs> like it's the n-word for christians yeah and i just i want to know if that works like when i run into ray if i say fanatic will he like run away screaming and crying like is that the christian <laughs> version of that i can't wait if there's all. not one we need to make one we need to yeah. create how does one go about making people angry at syllables fuck i'll find out <laughs> said fan nah fan nah <laughs> fanatic so now we get them uh, doing their prudery research at, in, in, in Marty's bedroom. Of course, I'm lubing up for no reason. And I paused the movie here so that I could lube up for no reason. This is at 23 <laughs> minutes and 30 seconds. And I'm so glad I did because that I that's this is where I noticed that they've actually placed black electrical tape over the name of the goddamn bands on the records he's looking at. Like, it's, really? it's Leonard Skinner. <laughs> And yeah. the name of of the band, you can see the L Y and the S K Y or whatever. And but the rest of it, the album name, everything is blacked out with tape. Right. Fucking hilarious, <laughs> right? And he he goes, "Don't you see? It's all about sex." And I'm like, "Dude, have you not read the whole chapter of the Bible that's about fucking? Like, there's a whole <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey section in there where he wants to come in the garden and she doesn't let him. And then he lists things that are just in the Bible, yeah. like they're not in the Bible. He goes drinking, drugs, sex, and the occult. And I'm like, dude, are you reading from the index of the Bible? Because there's all that fucking shit in there. <laughs> and, and you know, and and then he starts going off on his whole like. Uh, he goes, I've been doing research and I've discovered that the average age of a person buying a Kiss album is 12 years old. Yeah, the av- does that mean well, that like most of them are twenty and some of them are two? Well, like, anyway, what the fuck that's that? such a weird. 
That's I would like start me up, please, <laughs> and some animal crackers. <laughs> Oh god, Jesus, I thought he was gonna have an aneurysm over a fucking kid by and start me up. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, movie. Start me up's a great song. That's, Love the stones. Yeah. yeah, right? And also a person buying masturbation material at age twelve is very reasonable. That's that's, yeah, that's the average when age. You, yeah, when you get the guts to go in and just go ahead and buy your own uh, also, loop. we're going to touch on this just once in the movie, but Marty goes, yeah, you sound like my old man. He's a preacher on Saturdays, but then he beats the shit out of us every other day of the week. And he's just like, yeah, we're not talking about you right now, Marty. We're talking about music. And if you're wondering, does that ever come up again? It sure the fuck doesn't. Nope. Nope. The yeah. abusive dad never comes back in this movie because we've got to deal with the rock and roll music problem. Exactly. <laughs> the hardest thing Christians have to deal with. Right, right, exactly. So it suddenly sheds all new light on why Marty was saying, I wish they'd preach about something other than our music at these things, like maybe about how our parents shouldn't beat us or something like that. Maybe no, throw right. throw dad a bone there. <laughs> um, and, and again, okay, so Marty says at one point, he's like, don't you think you're going overboard, Jeff? Everyone has the right to their own taste in music. This is the guy who will be proven wrong through this movie. <laughs> yeah. You No, you don't, apparently. But Marty isn't buying this shit, so he storms off. And then we cut to uh, the, 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 the soda shop where fucking... It's the 80s, but they seem to think it's the 50s an awful lot. So he works at a burger joint, and she comes... <laughs> the, the Tara Fawcett, Melissa's the character's name, comes to say she's sorry for being reasonable earlier about him reneging on her promised birthday, birthday gift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want me to jerk you a pomegranate soda? No? All right. All the Coke. Yeah. He goes, can I get you anything? She goes, yeah, can I get a Coke? And I was like, man, remember the days when you could just order a soda at a restaurant and people wouldn't be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Go to a bodega. My, my <laughs> gross. All my notes on here are get to work, cracker. Those burgers ain't going to flip themselves. What the fuck is your girlfriend doing here anyway? But apparently the message of this uh, scene is don't worry, prudish anti-rock and roll Christians. Eventually your platonic relationship with your celibate girlfriend will wind up being just fine. Or will it? <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, exactly. And it's not fair. It's easier for women to not listen to rock music. <laughs> it's a lot easier for them. They have to shave Unfair. their legs. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep Seinfeld reference right there. So. <laughs> I, I skipped three references yeah, over and just went all the way to the end. <laughs> um, so, and also, I, I just want to point out, he says in this fucking scene, he's like, you want to hang out? I'm getting off in 15 minutes. But he meant from work. Four times I greased up for nothing. Motherfuckers. So now we get, he's driving home or whatever with her. And, which we learned through another overlong establishing shot that literally gets the car all the way into frame and all the way out of frame and follows it. Right. I wrote, finally, some fucking. <laughs> right. Again, getting lubed up for no reason. But she's like, yeah, it's too bad about the concert. He's like, didn't you just say you forgave me about that and you're not mad about it anymore? She goes, I'm a woman. <laughs> No. It's the opposite of what I say every time <laughs> yeah, exactly. or whenever it's convenient for me. And basically they have a fight over the radio like a buddy cop movie. It's like, <laughs> no, no, no. no classical music. <laughs> classical music. I wrote my notes, Melissa, don't make me belt you in the mouth. <laughs> She's acting like if she doesn't hear rock music, she'll suffocate. Right. Like yeah. he's taking her insulin. <laughs> You're acting awfully selfish. And I'm like, well, he is, but not about... The, the music in his car he's just it's you know the, the concert thing yeah but she eh. wants to masturbate and he doesn't that is selfish <laughs> that's true yeah exactly this is why we need riffra it's important <laughs> <laughs> so 
So she's like, she says, oh, I'm glad you only have eight days left on this silly bet. And, of course, he's got this or do I kind of look on his face. Um, now, of course, in the aftermath of last week's bonus episode on the movie Pixels, my cardiologist has warned me not to wait too long between interstitials. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to pause for a quick break. But before we do, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. <clears throat> Can Pastor Owens keep his dick out of Jeff for 30 more on-screen minutes? Will Jeff find some crack that's strong enough to drown out his rock and roll desires? Will he at least finger Melissa at some point? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the decisive conclusion of Rock. It's your decision. So, Jeff, tell me, um, it's been two weeks. Uh, what have you decided about rock and roll? Oh, uh, it's bad or whatever. But, Pastor, I've made a fantastic discovery. I know what I want to do with my life. Oh, really? Uh, what's that? Yeah, yeah. I want to kill Amalekites. You, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. What? You, yeah, I, I was reading the Bible to, kill. like, find out what God thinks about music, and he's actually not super clear about it. But you know what he is clear about? Killing the fuck out of some Amalekites. Right, right. Well, um... Jeff, those people haven't been around for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's fine, that's I, fine. I like okay, because I did my research been, just like you asked, and I realized that they're very likely modern Jordanians, so I'm just going to get on the quickest flight I can and just, like, kill, you know, just, like, kill until I'm bathed in blood, just, like, show no mercy to women, children, or animals, just like the Bible said. Huh. Okay, um, or what if, what if you don't do that, but I'll tell your parents to lay off you about the music? Deal. Okay, so you were a drummer, huh? Oh, yeah, man. It was awesome. I got to fuck the groupies when everyone else was done and everything. Yeah, it's, the it's best. good. Comes the best lube. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back just so that we can mix gluttony and wrath and get a deadly sin stufer. And we rejoin our hero here. He's uh, he's chatting with Pastor Owen about the research he's doing, which we learn about via flashbacks. That's research at the record store at the mall. Yeah, and the the music note I have for this scene is, man, the woman in this porno has a lot of pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> All bass. Yeah. yeah. So he goes to a record store and goes up to the front desk. He says, basically, hi, I'm a Christian. Can I ask some questions about the devil music you're peddling? And <laughs> store owners love that. Yeah, they usually come yeah. over and help you find other people to harass, apparently, because yeah, that's sorry. what happens. <laughs> Try bothering my customers. Have you tried bothering my customers? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And speaking of bothering his customers, I, this was my favorite scene in the movie. He goes, you know, we're hearing him in the voiceover. He's going like, I tried to interview two teenagers at the mall, but when they found out I was a Christian, they hassled me a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and we like, see the scene. <laughs> two of them walking away. And then the one guy knocks his clipboard. And it's like, it's very clearly, he's like, should I? Should I hit the clipboard, guys? You think I should? And then, and like somebody off camera is like, "Yeah, hit the clipboard. That'll be great." I and said, <laughs> "Chocolate chip." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, scene is all I really need. You know, I have all these things around me that I want, but that's what I really need. <laughs> Holy shit! Also, there's a moment where he's checking out what appear to be VHS boxes that go into some kind of large computer. Is this a way of playing music during the Stone Age? There are these giant squares. They're like toast. Imagine a piece of French toast from a nice brunch place that you paint with black paint. He's checking. There's a whole shelf of them at one point. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. The whole eight-track rack there, that was pretty fucking awesome. Is that because there were eight 
pieces of music on it, like it held eight notes. <laughs> That's so you right. Actually, yes. Yes, that actually was correct. <laughs> you had a giant wheel that you turned and it played music, like one of those player piano things, like ding, 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 ding. Eight bit MP3. It's just eight zeros or ones. Yeah, That's it. <laughs> exactly. It's nice that. to know that even though so much has changed in 20 years, the beliefs haven't. 30 years. It's not the thousand. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, what, what an amazing <laughs> thing that is to reflect on, though. Yeah, everything in this movie has been updated except for Christian beliefs. Right. Everything fits in your pocket except for the bullshit the people who made this movie are selling. Right. Yeah, exactly. Also, Still takes up the same amount of space. Yeah, apparently, this character has a, a survey questionnaire about rock music that he wants people to, to fill out. That's what he's at the mall doing. And they never tell you what's on. I want to know so bad I want to fill this fucking questionnaire. There's our hashtag for this week. Yeah. Hashtag Christian questionnaire. What are the questions on the Christian questionnaire? Right. Yeah, if you ever had any rock and roll devil music questions you wanted me to answer on Twitter, that's probably the best way to make it happen. Um, and it, it also, the again, it if I, I get the feeling that they heard rock and they were hearing about rock. This is the the 80s. It, they, people were talking about crack. They assumed that it was still the music. And that's what they made this movie big because he's going like, I never realized how dependent I was on rock. Like that makes perfect sense if we're talking about crack. <laughs> He's just taking witness statements from like the 1980s Harlem. It's like, yeah, man, they they kill their moms because of the rock. <laughs> this one guy was on the rock and he lifted up a piano and threw it at his baby. Oh, God invented rock to kill black people. <laughs> So uh, uh, and this is also where we get and he's actually got several of these phenomenal lines as the movie progresses. I think this is the first one where he goes, I was just walking by the record store and quote, the beat just grabbed me. Yeah. And he's hypnotized like a cartoon cobra. Like he's walking by and you hear like, <laughs> boop, chip, boop, chip, boop, and he's like, meow, 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 meow. He's just staring at it. And he's like, Nubla. he has to shake it off and be like, no devil music. Right. No. <laughs> he's like Bugs Bunny, like floating on the carrot scent or whatever. Yeah. And by the way, translation when I passed the masturbation store, the beat just grabbed me and pulled me in. <laughs> the beat just, yeah, that makes movie. perfect sense. How did they know I was going to play this game? <laughs> well done, movie. So, yeah, as we realize that he's the penguin from Happy Feet, and this is the movie of what would have happened if he'd given up on his dream, uh, we cut away from the flashbacks to, like, another 65 minutes of him talking with Pastor Owens. And this is where we learn... That Pastor Owens was also once addicted to the funky beat. Not just addicted, he was a rock musician. And in the well, that's what he says. Yeah. And then he's like, "I was a drummer." I'm like, "That yeah, well, then not really. You yeah. weren't really a musician." Yeah. In the single saddest scene in any of the movies we've ever watched, he's like, "Yeah, I was pretty good. Could have gone pro if I hadn't chosen Jesus." Flash got to him being like, "Pet, pet, pet." Pet, pet, pet. What do you think, guys? Yeah, man. Have you considered being a youth pastor forever? <laughs> yeah, that bad, huh? Mm-hmm. Rewrite this story in your head when you tell it to people. Sure will. Yeah, sure exactly. will. I think no I'm going to be problem. the word Tweed Incarnate instead. <laughs> oh, shit. If Tweed was a human. Oh, shit. So yeah, so the but the but the point of this story is that he gave up on his dreams and that's what he was supposed to do according to this movie. And and then he's like, "Well, but Pastor Owens, all my friends hate me." He's like, "Yeah, a lot of my friends hate me, but it's worth ruining lifelong relationships and friendships over rock and roll music." 
said the good guy. Right. Well, there's also this great moment where he goes, well, you know, my mom's been great, but all my friends are mad. And he goes, aren't you forgetting Jesus? And I wanted so badly for the camera to pan over to Jesus, just like waving from the corner, like... (laughs) 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 Well, also, okay, so, yeah, because he's like, you know, my friends think X and my girlfriend thinks Y and my family thinks Z. And the way he, the way Pastor Owens uh, sets this up, he's like, aren't you forgetting someone? And I'm like... And my my expectation is, oh yeah, I've forgotten all about what I think. <laughs> nope. No, nope. no, no, not you. You, you, you don't get devoted <laughs> in your life. No, you. No, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Who does? Je- and, and I also love this. Also, there's this great moment where if you just cut this like one second here, you'd be sure this was gay porn, because like it, it, you know, uh, uh, Jeff goes, well, wh- Pastor Owens, what if I do go back to my old music? And there's this cut shot of Pastor Owens who looks like he he was just. Surprise penetrated and doesn't know if he likes it yet. <laughs> this whole like, I didn't thought about that. And then, of course, he has to throw in not just a title drop, but a double title drop. Yes, double sir. title drop. <laughs> it's your decision. And also, literally, this is a line. Jesus will never test you with something that's too hard to handle. <laughs> I'm not just... making these up. <laughs> oh, God, did they make it this easy this week? not about music. So now we cut back to uh, Jeff's job, where apparently all he does is get harassed by his girlfriend, because now she's calling him at the payphone. Right. And she's like, we're having a party at Marty's tonight. Please come by. He said the outline of his dick will be there. (laughs) (laughs) And he's basically, I smell like a giant French fry, the Eli Bosnick story, but I'll go. And this is such a sinister setup to the scene that I was like, are they going to fucking kill him at this party right <laughs> like i expected the crying game i was ready for the crying game i was like oh or at least like a an, they're an gonna intervention. Fuck and shoot him in the head spoiler alert he gets in there and there's like like seven or eight people all sitting around in a circle going marty it's it's time for us to have this talk you need dear to- marty let's daisy chain up <laughs> that's why i made a circle so now we uh we cut over to the most boring-looking party in cinematic history. Yeah, and basically, he walks in. We're supposed. This is supposed to be like the rock and roll party that tempts him. And the first line is, "Hey, I hope you like this onion dip I made." And everyone's like, "Whoa, man, don't go crazy! It's just so <laughs> terrible." Do you have an entire ham in the fridge? Can we break that out? Like a boar's head? Yeah. <laughs> There's a Jewish well, kid going through a, a like a. <laughs> A what if a movie? What uh, if he's going and, through a what if experience? And he said, "We can give that <laughs> shot five days left. It'll be tough." I'm gonna watch him sweat. So yeah, so I yeah, Marty's it. bragging about concocting <laughs> his great onion dip, and again, he turns out to be talking about real onion dip. So four useless loops. But the other thing about this, when he first walks into this party, okay, it's it's everybody's just sitting around bored as fuck, having quiet conversation, eating cheese dip. And the party so clearly needs rock music. Like, why would you show us how awful a party would look with with no with no music? Why, why would you want us to know this information if the message? Ah, anyway, yeah. So, and then <laughs> there's also this great moment where he's like, um, "Hey, Jeff, why don't you go and get us some more ice from out behind the garage?" And at first, I'm thinking, "All right, how can you not see this as a setup, Jeff?" And then it occurs to me that. 
the, the, the stuck up Christian kid must never realize that being asked to leave the party for a few minutes is unusual, right? <laughs> right when he got there. Can you turn back around, go to the garage, and grab ice? Hey, I mean, will you grab every my time uncle's anybody snipe? wants to smoke a joint or get late or whatever, they always have to make an excuse to get Jeff out of there. So that's just his life. He just thinks, why is it that every time I go to a party, everybody wants me to get, why do they put the ice so far away from the party? It's because it I'm no helpful. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a helpful Christian. Hey man, I couldn't find that Sasquatch your uncle said was out in the woods. <laughs> But uh, why is everyone so sweaty? Why? Why is everyone this skyhook? You guys sky didn't play Twister guys. without me, did you? I'm just kidding. I know you wouldn't, because I brought the Twister. Huh? Let's keep it fun. Jenny, you got mayo all over your face. What happened? Did you get uh, sandwiches? They were sandwiches. I didn't, I didn't miss the sandwiches today. Sweatpants erection green. Marty Scott. Marty's got it. <laughs> so now, of course, he shows back up with the ice and someone turns on the rock and roll music. And the protagonist of our music has a psychopathic fit, screams at the host and storms out. The yeah. good guy. Right, right, exactly. He's like, oh, why'd you invite me to this party if there was going to be rock and roll music? You knew. And I'm just like, oh, the whole fucking party is supposed to not listen to music because you're an asshole? Yeah, it's, like we're, it's like we're supposed to sympathize with the no-wire hanger monologue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, technically, though, those do ruin clothes. Like, if you think about it. <laughs> A shot of her and Carson from Fab Five being like, you said the right thing. You did the right thing. No-wire yes. hangers for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> More sympathetic than this movie. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> also, exact line from Marty to Jeff. Don't push it down my throat. If you don't like it, just go home to mama, <laughs> which is going to happen very yeah, soon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he storms off and and Melissa, bless her little heart, tries to talk him into like not being a jackass. And then eventually says, you know what? Why don't you just go home before you lose all your other friends? Right. So, and actually, they use the F word again. You know, she's like, you've become a fanatic. And I'm like, you don't have to keep pointing that out, movie. We know that. We know, Everything yeah, about this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so then he goes home to mama, like like Marty helpfully suggests. And, and he's huffy. Dude, he's a little huffy. But wait, we need to stop here. Jeff's mad walk into the house is my <laughs> everything. It's my Mona Lisa. It's my muse. <laughs> It's just, it's, it is, I can't, I, this is why we need a visual medium so that I could just, if I just want that on loop forever as I go to sleep, my children will not have mobiles of airplanes or space. They will have mobiles of Jeff Huffy walking in a circle. I don't care what hologram I need to put in place, what money I need to spend, what scientist I need to kidnap. I will have a constant loop of Jeff. Huffy walking into his home for my children to fall asleep to forever and ever. With his swollen blue ears. Yeah, he's, he's having trouble. He's basically doing the limp arm thing as he's walking in. I'll show you at the live show. Remind me at the live show. I'll do it. That's how I'm going to walk on stage. <laughs> Eli doing the mad walk. Doing the Jeff Huffy walk. It's like Paul Rudd getting forced to pick up the shit he knocked over in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> Judy <sighs> so so he gets home he's very huffy and then he goes home goes right back to the pipe 
All of a sudden, there's some rock music <laughs> blasting. So mom decides to scream and yell at him about how disappointed in him she is and how he'll never amount to anything because this... Because this movie thinks that's what she should do. Right, because she's the good guy. And then she hits him. Yes! <laughs> well, kind of. I mean... <laughs> well, I mean, the movie wants us to think she hits him. Yeah, right. She slaps him with a slow-motion Tai Chi move. Yeah, right. It was she a- actually... I thought she was trying to use the force on him. Like, this is not the music you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> No. This lap takes about five minutes. They they could have got one more establishing shot in there if they cut the slap. <laughs> Seems like a waste. It was a cheek push. She she <laughs> yeah. cheek pushed him is what she did. Yeah. Also, by the way, one of her exact lines in this scene is you gotta come in here and blast the roof off with that garbage. <laughs> and he's at this point laying on his back and listening to masturbation music really oh, loudly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, right. Okay, so I, this is also this is beautiful because he calls her out on the soap operas too. At this point, she's like, "You, mad, you're mad at me about my music. Well, you watch soap operas; they're just sex with commercials. That's what earns him the slap." By the way, yeah, nobody talks about guiding light that way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you can talk about my physical appearance, but you will not talk about my stories. So <laughs> she has now physically abused him because he likes Motorhead. The good guy. <laughs> Has physically abused him because he likes Motorhead. So he's, we get the mad walk again. Yeah. <laughs> and he storms out <laughs> to, if I'm reading the music correctly, to go fight Jesus once and for all. That's right, exactly. I wrote my music known as Jeff is going to go fight Marty once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just, everyone's rocking. He just punches Marty in the face. And then unfreeze frames and everyone's like, dude, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> leave. We all let you leave. <laughs> I don't know why you thought we wanted you to come back, but we very much didn't. So now he's driving and he's, he's having the classic Christian movie bingo flashback to all the things that have happened in this movie up till now. Yep. I mean, at one point he's flashing back to what he said himself. Yeah. <laughs> My music note here is "Don't die, Mama." <laughs> oh, right. When he's sh- <laughs> Doc Hilson is coming. <laughs> yeah. So now we get the sad talking to God scene. Also, Christian movie bingo. Um, he arrives at an empty parking lot to talk to God. God's a no show once more. So he parks next to the loudest river in, on earth. <laughs> and they did the inner monologue next to the river. <laughs> like it's an inner monologue and they still recorded it next to the river. So it's like, really, God, you. <laughs> Help me. I'm drowning. My child fell off this canoe. I was wondering, Jesus, if you <laughs> out of the shot. <laughs> Sorry. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> Am I in the movie? <laughs> so, yeah. So then, yeah, but he's made his decision. He doesn't care about his friends or his family or his girlfriend or his life or the things that make him happy. He cares about an invisible imaginary carpenter ghost. <sighs> so clearly he's made his decision. Title drop. So yeah. he's going to go back to the party to be an asshole some more. Jeff is the good guy in this movie. It's- I just want to... I just wanna, I th- I'm, is he? I, I, they seem to think so, yes. And he basically goes to this party, pulls Melissa aside, and is like, Hey, Melissa, I just want you to know that if I have to choose between you and Jesus, I choose Jesus. And her answer is... 
So, and I wrote in my notes, I love you, Melissa. Right. It's never changed. Well, and I just got to say, like, Melissa is being presented as this remarkably forgiving and reasonable person who's willing to stand by him through this obsessive, bitchy, religious phase. And we're supposed to look at her and go, that bitch. That bitch <laughs> trying to steal him away from Jesus. Harlot. When he says, I choose Jesus, I wanted so badly for us to cut to a shot of him going to the factory where Jesus works in a Navy uniform <laughs> and just scooping him up and walking out. <laughs> Hungry <laughs> Whitney Houston singing. <laughs> and I wrote in my notes, but she can't bear to let him walk away. Oh, wait. Yes, she can. And she does. <laughs> she really does. He's like, I choose Jesus. And she's like, sure, man. Okay. Go for I'm it. I'm going to go fuck Marty. He's got that weird penis. Yeah. But, you know. I think if I lie sideways, it might hit the G spot. <laughs> no, it's shame. It's shaped like a K. That's all I can tell you. It's shaped like a K. Let your imagination take you where it will, but it's shaped like a K. It's like moving a big chair into a door that's a little bit... You gotta go C-shaped trick. You gotta... A big pivot. door. You gotta pivot. A pivot. big door, Jeff. <laughs> also, by the way, in the scene, there's a lot of second-hand rock and roll going on, and I right? think that counts. I think yeah. that counts. Yeah, exactly. I think he's broken his promise. I do love, though, that he has to sit in the foyer so he doesn't get too close to the rock and roll. <laughs> Right. And and then we cut to church for the for the big finish here. Now and dad is is made at home now from his business business Filipino boy thing. Right. Um, the human pyramid he was fucking his way from the top to the bottom of finally ran out of man children. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like, "All right, back to Ohio." <laughs> And apparently uh, there was a problem in wardrobing where they gave Jeff suspenders. He thought it was a tie. It is the largest tie knot you have ever <laughs> seen in your entire... I wrote, could we get him a larger one? You know, one that covers his entire face. It's like, it's like a fucking vinyl seat belt was tied into it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so I guess now what's going to happen is now... Jeff is going to preach to all his friends about how bad rock and roll is. Okay, so a little behind the scenes here. So as we do these movies, we'll write out like sort of a scene by scene thing, and then each of us will plug our notes for that scene in. This scene, each of us has written four fucking pages of yeah, notes. I, I can't see you, your notes. <laughs> no, exactly. Notes I don't. Like, where are you guys' notes down there somewhere? Okay, good, good. <laughs> Oh my fucking god, this is the most... We have seen so many movies that end in insane speech. Up till now, I think Clarence Gilliard was in the lead. Mm. But maybe not anymore. Because (laughs) now Jeff is going to share his research with his buddies. I think he wins with the opening line here. Which was? The opening line was, of his like sermon to these people, how many of you... (laughs) Are gonna leave this service and go shoot up heroin, <laughs> yeah, or smoke a joint, or listen to rock music? <laughs> Circle the one that doesn't belong. Yeah, that escalated very quickly. Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted this part to keep going for a while. Like, okay, okay, joint, heroin, rock music, hands down. Um, and now, how many people are gonna freebase cocaine? Take an aspirin or do the electric slide when you leave. <laughs> cool. Okay, it. some hands, some hands. I'm going to assume most of those are cocaine. Right, my research. Right. And how many more of you are going to have a little more heroin than you uh, than you probably need? <laughs> heroin is to rock and roll as Deaf Kid is to blank. Is it A? <laughs> well, also, and when he asked this, this is the greatest moment. Like he says, how many of you are going to do heroin? He literally says that. How many of you are going to shoot up heroin when you leave? And Marty raises his hand. I'm like, I love Marty. 
<laughs> yeah. Crazy penis and, and everyone, everything. by the way. Like, you'd think in this scene, you'd want to show everybody, like, being troubled and changing their mind. <laughs> no. But throughout this speech, they keep cutting to a room full of people just being like, fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff, fuck you. <laughs> Like, they practically hold up signs that say, fuck you. It's amazing. <laughs> he goes, the carnal part of me really likes rock. Yeah, my flesh <laughs> likes well, rock music. Right. But the spiritual part of me, and I wrote, the spiritual part of you doesn't exist. Well, right. He's like, music, sure, it makes me happy. But what about the imaginary shit that isn't really there? Do you ever think of that? Yeah, and, and he clearly thought at this point that he was about to go into a musical number because he starts is, dancing. Is that when he does that beautiful dance move? The, oh. the airplane, yeah, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Never stop, just keep spinning. <laughs> twirl, twirl, away, Jeff, twirl. This is when he says, "I've never felt so alive." <laughs> he also says this for Heath's game. He goes, "What's the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up, or in the car, or when you get home?" And I was like, "Oh, it's the jerk off game." <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah. or come home from school in the afternoon. What do you do yeah. when you get in your car? And what's the last thing you heard before you came here today? That was the <laughs> end of that one. <laughs> That's my closing arguments right there. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, and then he's like, I, when I had problems in my life, I would just turn my music up even louder. And eventually I couldn't even hear God. And I'm thinking, yeah, because, you know, rock music is the only stuff that can be played loud. But also, I'm sorry, the omnipotent person can't speak over ACDC? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really hoarse from that whole top of the mountain thing when I did all the Jews, because you just turn that down a little bit. <laughs> Do you have a Fisherman's lozenge? I know they're not real. It's like vitamin C. It just makes me feel better, you know? <laughs> oh, God. And and again, like this, this effort to throw in the 80s slang here was uh, amazing. He goes... You know, if you think you can control your rock and roll habit, you can't. Just try walking by a music store that's playing a really good get-down beat and see what the music does to you. I didn't make that <laughs> and, up. That's what he and said. It's like someone screams fag during that because he, like, looks... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, he shares a, a little bit of, he shares some of the numbers from his research. And at first, my, I, I started to write out this notes. Oh, is that your non-scientific research that you just did in a fucking mall with people who were willing to talk to the crazy Christian guy about the devil music? But then the number he presents actually doesn't support his conclusion. Right? Because <laughs> yeah, he's talking yeah. about how horrible the music is. And he's like, now, according to my research, four out of people I talk to don't even listen to the lyrics or care what it says. I'm like, Okay, four out of pe five people disagree with your conclusion about what they right. think. Why yeah. are you telling us? Because you don't have to tell us this. Yeah, Jeff Andrew Wakefield later went on to become a doctor. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Also, oh, yeah, and then we have, of course, we have to get to homophobia. We made it almost all the way through. Oh, they were so yeah. close. Like <laughs> so five close. minutes away from making yeah. a Christian movie in 1982. That didn't directly mention hating gay people, but they <laughs> but didn't not quite. Couldn't this quite this do is my it. impression of Christian movies, by the way. Think about baseball. Think about baseball. Think about baseball. God hates fags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. 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 Can, all right. I'll do you now. I'll do you now. <laughs> he goes, what about the lifestyles of these bands? Some of them have been arrested for drug possession. Some are admitted homosexuals. <laughs> Yeah, and I wrote, man, do I have a surprise for you about preachers, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a real disappointing time starting now through forever. Right. <laughs> 
And he goes, you know, I, I, I guess he's trying to uh, uh, stave off all the counter arguments. He's like, I used to think, so what? I don't really have a counter argument to that. <laughs> right. I, I used to think it, but now I don't. Let me now list some of the lamest rock I can possibly oh, think of and say that they're sinful, including, <laughs> but not limited to, the Eagles, the Eagles, <laughs> Captain and Tennille. Yes, he actually uses Captain and Tennille. <laughs> Rod Stewart. That rocks way too hard. And? And Barry Manilow. <laughs> he is not just making, he's not listing the stupidest people, musicians that existed in 1982 <laughs> that you could possibly be offended by. That is actually his fucking list. He goes on and he says, even Barry Manilow says yada, 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 and he is supposed to be mild. <laughs> yeah. Barry Manilow is too controversial for this fucking movie. Oh, Barry Manilow. <laughs> this movie should be called, If Barry Manilow Tires You, What Will Rod Stewart Do? <laughs> <laughs> you won't um, believe it. Oh. oh, my God. I could like, you know, there were like Black Sabbath was around then Motorhead was around. there were bands that he could have used CDC. Right. right. But he goes with Captain and Tennille, Rod Stewart and, and Barry, Barry Manilow. <laughs> Look, guys, I don't want to talk to you about the really hardcore stuff like Phil <laughs> but I will if I have to. I will if I have to. Sneakers with a suit? Motherfucker. P-H-I single hockey stick. C-O double hockey stick. I am S. He who shall not be named. Flock of seagulls. Then he gets to, Jesus said, he that is not for me is against me. You know, like a playground bully. <laughs> Wait, do I get to say that? <laughs> yeah, right. He's and, and and then we finally get to his actual real argument beyond, you know, Satan sways your hips when that get down beat starts getting down. <laughs> but he says like, but if we if we're not completely different than all the non-Christians, then our outgrouping will be ineffective. That's yeah. that's like that's almost literally his argument. He's like, each of us is an advertisement for Jesus Christ. So if everybody looks at us and they see us being doing all the same stuff they're doing, then they won't think we're assholes. Yeah, can't have that. And then he says, now, you know, I can't, I cannot possibly do it. Credit. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play the clip here. <laughs> and this is one of the greatest moments in the history of film. Each one of us is an advertisement for Jesus Christ. The friends we go to school with and the ones in our neighborhood, will they accept the message that our lives are advertising? Christians should be different. Different in what we say, different in where we go, different in how we dress, different in what we do, different in what, in what we don't do. And shouldn't our music be different also? How can we think or concentrate on pure and good thoughts when the driving beat is pumping our minds full of sinful thoughts and our bodies full of sinful movements? Jesus Christ said, he that is not for me is against me. Everything that we do should be to glorify Jesus Christ. I want my life and the things I do to be for my Christ, not against my Christ. I've made my decision. What's yours? And yes... That was the sound of him breaking a sinful devil music record. 
<laughs> right. But they could not more clearly need a stunt record breaker here because you see him raise the record yes. and then there's like hairy man hands breaking the record because you know there were 27. There's 27 inches of lost film somewhere of him just desperately wailing an LP against the side of a bench like, oh, give me strength, Lord. Give me strength. Ah, 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 what if I tear it? Maybe if I could just get it started if I bite it. <laughs> Give me scissors. Give me scissors. I'll start it this way. It's like tearing a phone book. If you catch me on top of Ray Comfort, you'll know what him trying to break a record looks like at Reason Rally. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was so good. And then, of course, he goes, turns right to the camera. He goes, I've made my decision. What's yours? And then we get the closing music where my music notice... Why would you remind us how shitty your music was right now? <laughs> yeah. What's your decision? Gee, let me think about it. Let this tuba entice you back to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I hate to play into the title of the movie so directly, but it is your decision. So uh, what do you think, guys? Rock music or eternal hellfire? Where are you putting your nickel down? Mm, I, I don't know. I mean, like... Did he win his argument? Because nobody reacted. <laughs> no. So, like, I don't know what to think. I don't. I don't know what the movie's telling me. So, well, right. I'm still the, like on the fence here. I guess the movie didn't even have the sense to have Marty and Melissa walk up to him at the end and, and say, "You know what? You really changed my mind." It turns out you're all right, kid. They didn't even give you the Karate Kid ending where Johnny Lawrence now respects him or whatever. <laughs> they just get like the yeah. last thing we see of his friends is them just gasping in horror at the fucking shitty done to their reputation and fucking melissa looking at marty going like i you know he's flicked my bean in a while you want to get out of here <laughs> i don't know guys i think i might have to go with the christian mu music that thing they played at the end of kenny g falling down some stairs <laughs> was pretty fucking sweet. oh no y'all oh no <laughs> 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 help me catch me <laughs> 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 it was quite catchy circulatory yeah. breathing that's how i keep playing <laughs> right. <laughs> while i fall downstairs now, obviously, none of our thumbs bend in a way that would properly assess the overall shittiness of this movie. So rather than trying to sort this out with typical rating scales, I will simply ask you this. How many of you are going to leave this record today and shoot up heroin? <laughs> well, I've still got the 12-year-olds in the closet, and they, they do knock quite a bit. We'll have to edit that out. But, like, if Heath's done, we can... I'm going to say two. Let, yeah, get, get him on the horn. Get on almost, almost. Well, um, for me, um, if, if by heroin... You mean listen to Barry Manilow and masturbate? Then yes. Oh, then yes. That's, exactly. that, that's why I took my belt off. It was confusing. I could see why you would think the other thing. No, I was going to masturbate. Listen to no, you gotta, you're going to make Vane stand up somewhere anyway. And well, that's going to do it for our review of Rockets, your decision. Vains. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to reel you back in for next week. So Eli, tell us what's on deck. Mormon movie month. Yes, yes. And we're going to start with Saturday's Warrior. <laughs> A Book of Mormon musical. We got so many good submissions for Mormon movies that we're going to do all of June. We're doing Mormon Movie Month. We've got some amazing ones lined up. But the first one is a musical about what it's like to be more... I don't know. It looks crazy. I can't wait. Now, it's very interesting. I couldn't find a preview for the one that we're going to be watching, which is the 1989 version. But apparently this movie was remade this year. And I did find the preview for that. 
but uh, the old version, I'm told, is much, much worse slash better. So that's the one oh, that yeah, we're going to yeah. be doing. So if you're going to watch along with us, look for the 1989 version. Please don't subject yourself to the one we're not going to be making fun of. And we'll put the link up on uh, the Facebook page and on Twitter <clears throat> Yeah, as well. of course. I'll just be reviewing yeah. the Book of Mormon, the Broadway musical. <laughs> so if anybody wants to see that and listen along, it'll be... Uh, yeah, maybe we can do that for the close it all off there. No, we can't because no. that's actually fucking <laughs> amazing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. So with all that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 41 to a merciful close. I was trying to get it quick. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the link on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For he then right, Eli Bosnick, I'm no illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Mr. Big rocked a little too hard on the song To Be With You during a live show in 1992, and it caused the apocalypse. <laughs> Jeff's penis was never heard from again. Tara Fawcett fit Marty into her like she was putting together Ikea furniture. <laughs> oh, no one who wants to be with you. Salvation isn't a prop... Uh, Salvation isn't a problem. God, this line is not worth going back for three times.